the very best Christmas that you've ever had? I mean, what comes to mind to you right away? Maybe it's, you know, that one time that you were being made fun of for having the shiny nose by all of your peers. And then your boss came in and said, hey, I need your help to guide the sleigh on Christmas Eve. Or maybe it was that time that you put on the magic hat and the snowman came to life. Or that one time that you foiled an international terrorist attack at Nakatomi Plaza. It's a Christmas movie. Or that time that you saved the ski in from getting closed down with all the help from your war buddies and you had the opportunity to fall in love. Or that time you traveled to New York City to meet your family after you've been raised by some short people at the North Pole. Or the time that the green guy that lived in the mountains came down with his dog and stole Christmas, but eventually his heart grew three sizes that day. Or the time that your mom and dad forgot you when they took your family on a trip and you were left alone at home to defend against thieves that called themselves the Wet Bandits. You finally got that official Red Rider Carbine Action 200 shot range model air rifle with a compass in the stock and that thing that tells time. Or the time that you came back from working a corporate job to your hometown to save the bakery and to save the farm and to save the library and to save the antique store from closing all while meeting that special someone under the gazebo. Or that time you went to court with that nice old man to prove that he's Santa Claus after he was in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade for some reason. Or that time you went to bed only to be woken up by three ghosts. Or that time you were a mouse and you were woken up by three ghosts. Or that time your cousin Eddie and his family showed up in their camper Or the time your friend Linus reminds everyone of the real meaning of Christmas when you have a Christmas tree named after you. Or that time your other friend Clarence finally got his wings. Now something that's in common with all of those Christmas movies or the stories and the songs that we tell and we sing around Christmas time is that they all end really, really well. We think it's a Christmas miracle and everything's going well. And we realize, you know, things can be really great so much so that we build things up during Christmas time. And we have these really high expectations. And sometimes things don't go that way. But sometimes, just for a moment, maybe the bells are jingling, you know, and the snow is falling. And we think it really is the most wonderful time of the year. Now, we're in a Christmas series right now that we're calling God With Us. And we're talking about how God is right there with us in the wilderness, in the valley, in the highs and the lows. And today, we're talking about when God is with us right there, when things are actually going pretty well, when we would go, things are great, when it's the best Christmas ever, when we're on the mountaintop of life. What do you do when things are going great? I mean, do you have somebody that you call and share really good news with? You know, hey, Ma, I did it. It's great. Or maybe you go out and you have a celebration meal. You know, when you get the promotion or whatever, lobster or steak, ah, I'll have both. We're celebrating today. 
You know, or do you, or do you make it social media official? You know, re- relationship status changed or, you know, selfie so people know how amazing your day is going. I mean, what do you do when things are going really, really well? You know, there are all sorts of options for what we do on the mountaintop. But still, there are a lot of things that I don't do, if I'm being honest, when things are going great. I don't always remember to thank people for how they helped. Sometimes I forget what brought us to the mountaintop in the first place. You know, I think, look at all the hard work that I did. Or look at how much I've grown. Or look at how much effort I put in. And I forget and I start to even believe that I got up to the mountaintop on my own. Now today we're going to talk about how important it is that God is with us on the mountaintop. And we're going to learn three things that we can do when things are going great up there on the summit. So we're going to take a look at three Christmas stories from the Bible and see what we can learn about how we can respond when we're on the mountaintop. So here's the first one. Let me tell you about a girl named Mary. Now Mary is a pretty essential part of the Jesus birth story. She's always part of the nativity you set up. You know, there's baby Jesus and there's Mary and then anything else is kind of up for grabs. We don't know exactly how old she was when all of this happened, but she was likely a teenager when an angel came and visited her to tell her that she was going to give birth to a son named Jesus. And Mary was a little confused. And maybe you would be too, because she responds to the news of giving birth with, I'm a virgin? She's scared. So Gabriel, the angel, tells her, hey, don't be afraid. And he goes on to tell her what's going to happen. She's going to give birth to a son, Jesus, and he's going to save the world. And she responds with, okay, God, whatever you want. She goes and she visits her relative, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. Now, we'll talk about him in just a second. But Mary goes and visits Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is also pregnant. Now, I don't know, maybe she's going to a gender reveal party. I don't know if they had those in biblical times. But when Elizabeth sees Mary, the baby in Elizabeth leaps inside of her. And Elizabeth understands that Mary's baby is going to save the world. And she tells Mary, you are blessed. What a mountaintop. This is how Mary responded. She responded with being called blessed by God with a song. That song is sometimes called the Magnificat. Here's how it starts. This is Luke 1, 46 through 48. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, I remember the time that my wife, Abby, told me that she was pregnant with our firstborn. We had a son named Asher, and she gave me a box of Sugar Daddy's candy to tell me that she was pregnant. Have you ever had those? I'm not a fan. They're disgusting, actually. So she hands them to me, and I go, uh, these are gross. Sorry. Probably not the reaction that she was hoping for. Then she handed me some sesame seeds. Uh, Apparently, I'm dense, but that's how big the baby was at the time. Again, I'm like, sugar daddies and sesame seeds seem gross. 
Finally, she took me by the hand and she just spelled it out for me. Adam, I'm pregnant. We're going to have a baby. And again, I just looked at her shocked. Not the response that she was hoping for. Mary responded when she found out that she was pregnant with Jesus. And I don't think she you know, did the gender reveal or she baked a bunch of buns and put them in the oven or put prego spaghetti sauce somewhere or anything like that. She responded in an amazing way. And we can learn from that. When we're on the mountaintop, when things are going well, here's what we can learn from Mary. Praise God. She says, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And when things are going well, maybe when you're in that moment and you're smiling and you're thankful and you just go, this could not get any better. I've been waiting for this moment forever. Take a second and praise God. Thank him for your family or your friends. Thank him for how he takes care of you, for the way he loves you and provides for you, for what he did to get you to where you are. And she's right, actually. For generations, all the way up to and including today, we call Mary blessed. Praise God. So that's the first story. So here's the second story. Remember Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband? Now, Zechariah was a religious leader. He's a priest. And he and his wife, Elizabeth, they did their best to honor God with everything that they did. But they were getting old, and Elizabeth wasn't able to have children. That was hard then, just as hard as it is now. And oftentimes, maybe before a mountaintop or after a mountaintop, there's a valley. Well, Zechariah had an angel appear to him too. And the angel told him that Elizabeth was going to have a son and that son was going to help prepare people for Jesus. Now, Zechariah, remember, he tried to honor God with everything that he did, but he said, excuse me, what? I mean, how can this happen? How can I be sure that this is going to come true? I'm an old man now and my wife is also well along in years. Don't say that, guys well along in years. I mean, something's never changed. Zechariah was like, I'm old and she ain't young. Well, the angel said, hey, since you didn't believe me the first time, Zechariah, and you're talking to an angel, you're not going to be able to speak again until your son is born. Nine months. I think that may be God's way of helping Elizabeth out. I don't know. But fast forward, that was nine months during the pregnancy. I know, easy for me to say fast forward. But fast forward, nine months in that pregnancy. The baby was born. They named him John. He becomes John the Baptist. He's in the Bible. And when the baby was named, Zechariah could speak again after not being able to speak for nine months. And these are his first words. Zechariah's, not John's. These are Zechariah's first words after not being able to speak. This is Luke 1, 68 through 70. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He started the exact same place that Mary started. Praise God, but he doesn't stop there. Here's how he keeps going. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Just as he promised. Not only did Zechariah praise God, But he also did something else. And I think it's something that we can do too. Here's the second thing we can do when we're on that mountaintop, when things are going well, we can remember God's promises. 
I think sometimes it can be easier to cry out to God and remember what he promises when things aren't going the way that we want. It's kind of weird, but I think that's true. We sometimes forget that God is with us in the valley and on the mountaintop. Can you imagine if Zechariah, after an angel comes down and tells him what's going to happen, and he's not able to talk just like the angel said, if he forgets about the promise in the first place, if his first words were like, look at what I did. But we do that sometimes. I do that sometimes. You know, dear God, provide for my family. And then he does. And we go, look at how hard I worked. doesn't mean we didn't work hard. Or God, help me through this struggle. And he does. And we think to ourselves, look at how strong I am. The mountaintop is this great place to pause and to look around and to see where you've been and to remember God's promises and how he's the one who loves you and provides for you and gives you everything that you have. All of it comes from God. So we can praise God when we're on the mountaintop. We can remember God's promises. Here's the third story, our last one. It's the story about the shepherds. So Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, and Jesus is born. I mean, not to spoil it for you, but that's why we celebrate Christmas. Jesus Christ is born. So she lays them in a manger, and that night shepherds are working, and they're staying in fields nearby with their sheep. And an angel appears to them too. And no, an angel doesn't appear every time that we're on a mountaintop, but it does in the Bible Christmas story. An angel appears and tells them that the Savior of the world has been born. And that they should go to Bethlehem and to find him. And that he's going to be in a manger. And they did. They went right away. And they go see Jesus. And they see Mary. And they see Joseph. And it's exactly how the angel says that it's going to be. And here's how they respond. This is Luke two seventeen through 19. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Okay, so say you're doing your job. You're going through, I don't know, a normal day, whatever that means right now. You're sitting at your desk or you're on the factory floor or you're working from home or you're taking care of the kids and then boom, angel. And an angel appears to you and he tells you, hey, you need to go to the next neighborhood over and you're going to find something that is going to change the world forever. And then you go and it's exactly how the angel says it's going to be. What do you do? I think I might do what the shepherds do. But maybe I'm also worried that people might not believe me. I mean, angel sightings, you know, visions. Or, or maybe I'd go back and double check and, and triple check, you know, take a, take a selfie with Jesus just to make sure that people would believe what I'm saying. I mean, do you keep it quiet? Do you keep it to yourself? Or do you do what the shepherds do, which is share the good news? They told everyone they came into contact with, everyone they knew, everybody. They couldn't help it. I mean, maybe the people who heard it believed him, maybe not. The Bible says the people who heard it were astonished. But the shepherds told every single person they could think of. It was too good not to share. They didn't care if people would believe them. They seemed not to be concerned with anything other than making sure that people heard about it. Have you ever talked to somebody about like a particularly memorable day? 
You know, maybe they're describing their wedding day or a recent vacation or a birth of a, a kid or something like that. And it's like they were just waiting for you to ask about it. You know, they pull out the phone right away and they're like, look, look at this picture and this picture and this picture. It's like the new version of slides from vacation. You know, they just can't help but share that with you. They're so excited. Now multiply that into the best news that you can possibly think of. An angel comes down and tells you where to find the place that cures coronavirus or cancer or a place that would feed people across the globe forever or provide clean water for the whole world for the end of time. I bet you'd tell that story. You couldn't help but share the good news. And that's what the shepherds do. Now, one really tangible way that we can share the good news is by inviting somebody to our Christmas Eve services here online. Now, on Christmas Eve, we're going to be streaming our service at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. on both our Facebook page and on our website. And I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it. Plus, you can share it any time with your friends because as soon as that 10 o'clock stream is over, the video will be available to share with your friends for them to interact with, with their friends and their family. So plan to join in that conversation at 10 and 7, but also really share that good news with your friends. People are willing to go to church if you invite them. And that might look different this year, but that's okay. Maybe that's even better. I can't wait to celebrate with people, to celebrate the good news, that reminder of what Christmas really is all about. There are these three stories and three ways that we talked about today to respond to God when we're on the mountaintop. We can praise God, remember God's promises, and share the good news. These are things that we can do, no matter what's going on in our lives. And here's the thing. Mary isn't just praising God because she had a baby. Zechariah doesn't just remember the promise of having a baby. And the shepherds aren't just sharing a cool story. All three of these stories are about Christmas. These stories are about the birth of Jesus. And we celebrate Christmas because we need Jesus. And Jesus came to earth because that's how much he loves us. These stories matter Because they remind us that God, God himself, is with us. No matter what's going on in your life. No matter what difficult or great or up or down thing that you're going through right now. We have the opportunity to praise God. Because he sent Jesus just like he promised. And we can't help but tell everyone about the good news Because it changes everything. We want to shout it from the mountaintop. So the next time, maybe even in the next couple of weeks as we count down to Christmas, the next time that you're on that mountaintop of life, what are you going to do? You know, in the middle of the party or the family time or that perfect present or that quiet moment of a white Christmas, that thing you've been looking forward to, I'd encourage you to do these three things. Praise God, remember God's promises, and join me in sharing the good news. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I'm reminded 
this morning that the good news of Jesus is something that we can celebrate every single day and every single moment. That what Jesus did by coming and being with us and then dying on the cross for where we fall short, for our sin, for our mistakes, and that if we follow him, that we might be in a right relationship with you, God. That is beyond my comprehension. We can celebrate. We can shout it. We can tell every single person we come into contact about it because it really is that important. It changes the world. It changes eternity for us. And I'm so thankful of that reminder during this season that no matter what's going on in our lives, up and down, that we have this hope and joy and peace of Jesus. Thank you for your love and for your promises today. We praise your name, God. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.